It's, it's a good Monday. And the Tigers out of man, it's a good day to be a Tiger. It's really For a Monday, day. it's it's exciting. It's After this past weekend and the show that we got coming up, I'm I'm really excited about it. Yeah, man. I, I mean, it's, it's gonna be a good night here uh in the Tigers Avenue. Um, we got our boy Demui back. Got our boy Demui back. He's gonna join us here in a little bit to talk some fall ball baseball. Uh boy, I'm I'm pretty excited about baseball. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, uh, but it's okay. It's definitely okay right now with the fall scrimmages happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, hey, man, I've been uh, this past weekend was great, and we're going to get into that too uh, after we discuss some fall ball, uh, and then we'll 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 look at what we can take away um, from this past weekend and the Tigers moving forward into a big game against Ole Miss. Obviously, we'll cover uh, the Ole Miss game uh, this coming Friday um, and give you an overview of that. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Zach, do we got Demui here? Can we bring him in? We definitely do. Our boy Demui. Oh, he can't hear us. Can't hear us. We've huh. lost his. It's weird. We were talking to him earlier and before the show. Let's see what we can figure out here. Chris, we'll bring you back in. See if you can get figured out. We'll bring you back in bring him back in all right no problem no problem uh zach obviously i mean we can get we can go ahead and get started and then once he figures it out we can we can get him back in here um <coughs> obviously there's uh the <coughs> hype is continuing to build uh around lsu baseball um they've had their their you know fall ball uh inter-squad you know games and they play it man shoot i think they've had two weeks in a row where they've played like Four games back to back. Am I am I right, Zach? Or was it three one weekend? I know they played four. They've played, they've played I think four almost every. I know they played four this past weekend. Um, they might have played three the weekend before, but I want to say they played four. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, yeah, but look, I mean, you kind of seeing somewhat of what you expected out of the batting, right? Um. I mean, you're seeing a lot of home runs. We we got it now. Yeah, we got it. We're good to go. Good hey. deal. Good deal. Yeah, right. in here. But so so what we were saying, uh, um, what I was just saying, Chris, uh, uh, a little bit what, we, what we've already talked about is, man, you're you're seeing on Twitter uh, what you expected offensively. You're seeing a lot of home runs, uh, a, a lot of offense. I mean, and you expect, I mean, good grief, there could be so many different lineups, one through nine with the talent that this team offers that could hit the ball. I mean, if somehow baseball allowed you to have like an 11-man lineup somehow, 
I think LSU's <laughs> rocket and one through eleven, they might have a hitter at every spot. Being the um, softball league where you can put yeah, like, I know outfielders <laughs> out there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. baseball, you just bat your whole life. <laughs> but, so, so right off the top, uh, obviously, you, you know what I want to hear about, but obviously, we want to hear what you've been seeing offensively, <laughs> and we'll get the details about the pitching because we know that last year they could hit. And, boy, they got guys that can hit this year, too. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll go a little bit more in-depth with the pitching because that was our problem last year. But offensively, what has impressed you? Who, who's been popping? Maybe that's a transfer, a freshman. What have you seen? Because we know you've been – you said you went to three? Yeah, I've been to three. So the first weekend I was able to make – they only scrimmaged three times. Uh, I was able to make the Sunday. And then this past weekend they went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I was able to go Thursday yeah. and Friday. And – um. To me, it, just, it really almost depends on who's the mound as to how the offense flashes. And I think Jay Johnson's done a good job to where the lineups are pretty even. You know, he, he hasn't yeah. loaded one side, and he does a good job switching them up from day to day. But all the all the guys you expect, we all expect to pop, have been flashing, right? Cruz, Morgan, um, Thompson. I mean, uh, yeah, Thompson a couple times I've been out there. But, but everybody wants to know how – I mean, I would want to know how Skeens looks. And, yeah. I mean, he's – if you have not seen him, he's massive. He looks like a tight end. I mean, he's 6'8". Really? No, he's 6'8", 230. So, he's huge. Wow. Yeah, true. They got I some big boys big. on this team. I really know big boys big. on this team. Yeah, he's and, – and maybe we can get into it later. But the size on this team, I mean, they're they're a big – they look like a big league team. I mean, you know, they – size-wise. So, um, Skeens, his first couple of at-bats, I saw – um, he didn't hit on Thursday when he pitched, but he hit Friday. And his first couple of bats against Riley Cooper, Cooper, he checked swing on two pitches, the first pitch and then the first pitch the next at bat, and he grounded out the first. I'm like, man. And he did that the previous weekend. I'm like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden he just unleashes power, right? He hits, he hits two bombs off Sam Dutton. One of them would have yeah. broke a fan in the right field, right field stand's hand if they would have tried to catch it. It was an absolute rocket. <laughs> and um, – I think, I mean, you know, he's, he had a lot of power. I think he had double-digit home runs at Air Force. And he's going to see better pitching. But the good thing is, is he's going to have protection around him. And I think that's yeah. what this all, this lineup offers. You got Tommy Tanks coming in. Um, he's looked good. You know, he's kind of he's kind of a free swinger. But um, he's got pop. I've seen him hit a home run. I saw him beat the shift on Friday with an absolute missile to the right side. They had three infielders. Love on the that. Side. I love three that. In, yeah, because people – some of these guys just don't care, right? They'll pull it no matter what. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. That that was impressive, and um, and then I think you got some freshmen like we discussed kind of before we got going here. Zeb Rudell has been really the freshman of the fall. He's got three home yeah. runs already. He hit a great him a run. lot. Yeah. yeah. I think the most impressive thing was Thursday night against Skeens. Skeens is throwing ninety seven, and Rudell takes him, battles him to a three two count. And then he just – he turns on 97, and he's a left-handed hitter. He turns on 97 and deposits in the right field bleachers. <laughs> and I think everybody's like – Wow. Wait, what? Did that that kid was, you know, playing against varsity high school kids last year, and now he's facing 97 from a top five pick. And, uh, and he just cranked it. He did. That's and so he, he is really wow. flashed. I think Paxton Kling, who's a freshman outfielder, he's a big, <laughs> physically mature kid. Um, he's hit several doubles since I've been there. And then um, I think Gavin Gidry's played well. You know, uh, when I've been there, it's, it's, it hasn't been to the 
I think the degree that Rudell and King have played, but you know, Gavin mm-hmm. Gidry is going to play well. So um, they got a lot of depth. And, and the good thing is these, the freshmen are pushing the other guys and people may roll yeah. their eyes at that, you know, yeah. when push comes to shove, we probably have a good idea of who's going to play, but these freshmen are not scared to um, get out there and compete. And then you have just a slew of freshman hitters that are catchers slash first baseman. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how that position shakes out as well. Yeah, so um, <coughs> well, how has it looked fielding-wise? I mean, so <laughs> we 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 had problems last year. Uh, no doubt, you no know, doubt. A lot. And I haven't seen or heard much about fielding. I mean, obviously, I haven't been able to watch any of the, the scrimmages, and I just haven't seen much about it, and that's been a concern that I want to know about. I mean, have, has there been flaws, or does it seem maybe it's cleaned up a little bit? I would say if you would have asked me the first two scrimmages, I would say it looks great. But on uh, Friday night, so the third scrimmage that I've been to, it kind of reared its ugly head. It looked like it did last year. Mm. And um, it was kind of ugly. You know, uh, Tommy Tanks misplayed an infield fly ball. That was an absolute moonshot. But he, he straight up misplayed it and dropped. I mean, didn't get a glove on it. Um, then he misplayed a hard ground ball. I think it was probably an error. But, I mean, it, it was pretty hard hit. Uh Thompson messed up a, a ground ball to him, prevented a double play. Um, I've seen pitchers try to field the bunt, throw the ball down the line. So, uh, and then on Friday night, they they weren't able to turn another double play. Um, so Friday night was kind of ugly. It was almost like last year LSU. Mm. So I think um, don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, no, oh, but but all reports that I've seen when I haven't been there is that you know Tommy White looks good at third base, and to me he's looked good. He's got a good arm. I tell you what, people don't talk about. Nipholt, the transfer from VCU, he's yeah. a middle yeah. fielder. He is um, – he's one of those kind of power five program guys who's been probably starting since he was a freshman in VCU. You know, they battle for a regional every year, almost like a Kennesaw State type of kid. Yeah. Think about yeah. him in the regional to where he's been there, done that, and he's just very solid in the field and at the plate. So um, I think he's going to provide some depth in the infield. I don't know if he can win the starting spot at second over Dugas. That's going to be an ongoing battle. But um, he's just a very solid player all around. So I really like him. The the really cool thing about uh, Nipholt that, I mean, just absolutely jumps off uh, the page stat-wise, um, when he transferred, I went and looked into his stats. The dude had like uh, – oh, man – I'm drawing – I can't remember the numbers exactly. I'm going to have to go back and look. But he had way more walks than yes. he had strikes. And he had strikeouts. And he had, like, single-digit strikeouts. Yeah. And he had double-digit walks. So the plate Very discipline crazy. seems to be seems to be there yeah. for that guy. I, I mean, th- he's like a prototypical – I guess, like, what I grew up on as. Who knows what anything is nowadays. But, you know, Dylan Cruz is a two-hole <laughs> hitter, right? He, he's kind of – He's kind of a prototypical two-hole, right? Where he's going to get on base, he's going to move runners over, he can sacrifice when he runs the bases, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, or you can put him at the nine-hole and possibly turn the lineup over. But I feel very comfortable with him playing um, out there, and I've liked what I've seen from him so far. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a big pickup, especially when they lost Carter Young from Vanderbilt in the transfer portal. And then right. the Romano kid signed in the draft, which everybody knew was probably going to happen. They needed some more depth in that middle infield. Um, you know, just because I'm sure some of those guys are cross-training. And, you know, who knows if an injury happens or something, 
you know, you uh, you just can't be short up the middle. Yeah, you need some depth. Mm-hmm. So I got it here. The dude had 19 strikeouts to 31 bases on ball. Yeah, it's uh, that's impressive, especially in this day and age. And, and now that wow. you mentioned it, it seems like, you know, you're going to have guys on this. The power guys are going to punch out. <coughs> tanks yeah. and, and I mean, I've seen a lot of punch outs. I think it just goes to the arms on this team. But even a guy like, you know, everybody's forgotten about K Veloso. But yeah, you want to talk about, I mean, he's not having a flashy fall from what I've seen. But I swear, I think I've been out there three times. He's probably taken eight walks. Or that makes maybe six, but I mean, he's just walking, 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 yeah. or hitting sacrifice flies. So just somebody like that, that provides a veteran presence. Yeah, is um, I think the lineup I said it in the pod today is going to be it's going to be more complete. And I think yeah, if they're not able to hit home runs and doubles, so what do you do when you face Hunter Elliott from Ole Miss? What do you do when you face the Arkansas Arms? You know, what do you do when you face the kids from Tennessee coming in and, and it's one-to-one in the seventh? you got to be able to manufacture some runs, and I think this lineup is going to have a better ability to do that this year. Yeah. I, I mean, the last year it felt like you could hit, you could get runs. But there was times where certain parts of the lineup did get inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, and it did hurt you a little bit. Right. Um, like you said, I think, I think one through nine mm-hmm. this year, you can be very consistent at the plate. No doubt. It's um and you it seems like Jay Johnson, now whether or not he incorporates this during the year, but um in the scrimmages they work on some type of fundamental for air for during the scrimmages. So when I went out there the first weekend, they were working on sacrifice bunting. Man on first, sacrifice him to second. At the beginning of every inning. And they just take a batter, you know, Zach's on first base, Reagan, you get two chances to sacrifice. If you don't get it, they just clear the bases and just start the inning. And this past in this past weekend, it was runners on first and second sacrifice or runner on first hit and run. Yeah. So I think he's I think he's just trying to do more things to make the fundamentals more prominent and and kind of you know get more of a complete lineup like we just talked about you know to uh, put more emphasis on certain fundamentals that he may want to implement this year. Sounds good. Yeah. All all good things, Chris. Uh, obviously, as a pitcher, uh, you know, it matters who's behind the dish. I mean, I know that was also a big question last year. Seems like they could never really solidify the guy last year. H- has there been a guy that you've seen? And there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options at catcher coming into this yeah. season. Um, obviously, you have Malaza returning. You have Hayden Travinsky returning. And then you have the young guys um, that look really good. I mean, um Brady Neal looks really good, especially especially um, hitting wise. So, is there is there a guy that has kind of emerged a little bit that you've seen uh, at the catcher position? Uh, I, I would say no. In terms of, I think it's between those guys, and not to rule out Jones and Fry. Those are big kids. They're both six four, six five. I see one of them probably transitioning to first after uh, Morgan leaves this year. And they've been working them both at first as well. So they're taking getting a lot of work during the scrimmages at first. Um, opposite the team Morgan obviously plays on. Uh, I don't know if those guys will necessarily contribute uh, behind the dish once you get past the first two or three weeks. But I think there's a definite battle between Malazzo, Travinsky, and Neil. And I think, I think Neil is still 17 years old. 
And I think he I think I think he reclassified from ING. I'm I'm pretty sure I could be off though. But for that kid to be he caught skeins on Thursday night and he handled him (laughs) great. You know, I don't think you see as many of those um drop drop balls that we saw last year or just complete whiffs by the catcher. Yeah. All the pass balls that I've seen have been really a, a result of, you know, pitchers spiking breaking balls or fastballs, and they do their best to block them. They just get past them. But I think they've shored up some of those receiving errors that we saw last year. Yeah. Where people just whiff on the ball, which drive, which would drive us nuts. I think – so I think it's going to come down to those three guys. And um, I think it's going to be tough because they each bring a little something different, right? Malazzo with the defense. Neil's mm-hmm. – defense and Neil's got a, a really good arm behind the plate and he handles the bat well from the left side and then Travinsky's got pop. Um I think he handles the, the pitchers very well. You know, they he brings a veteran presence. So it's it's gonna be a tough decision. And uh if I had to guess I would say Neil or Malazzo with Travinsky maybe playing more of a role in the DH or late inning yeah. hitter kind of like he did last year. But it's right. gonna be tough. But Neil's gonna make it tough on him. And I just think Fry and Jones, not to discount those kids. They're going to be really good players. But um, I see one of those kids moving to first base in the future probably. They're so big, you know. I'm shocked about all three of those to come. All three <laughs> For of them. For real. I'm it's, really shocked about that. It's it's crazy, man. And uh, Got crazy depth there. Yeah, it is. There's a, You know, it's um, – and in the outfield too. There's a lot of depth in the outfield as well. So. Yeah. It's crazy. So, well, good problem I mean, to have for Jay Johnson. For sure. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, the move they bring in a new pitching coach, Wes Johnson. Something that you've said in your podcast, which I mean, I love your podcast. I, I've enjoyed getting to listen to your two most recent ones. Uh, as soon as I saw your release, when I was like, "Oh, we got to get it." You know, it's been off season, so you know, it's been kind of quiet on the sixty foot, six inch LSU pod um, until, of course, LSU baseball season gets started up. But one of the things that you've talked a lot about is the velo. Uh, taking a step up in a lot of these guys' game. Um, do you think that is a large part to Wes Johnson and, 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 and Jay bringing him in to this coaching staff? Uh, what do you credit that to? I would have to give him a little credit, I think. I think some of it, too, is um, I think you have to discount the freshmen because it seems like they're throwing what a lot of the scouting reports said they were going to throw. And then some of the transfers. But when you look at returners, and we were talking before we got started here, like Grant Taylor was popping 97 this weekend. Yeah. And, you know, wow. last year he pretty much – Yeah. And last year he pretty much sat at uh, 94, 95. Yep. I saw um, – yep. the biggest surprise to me was Bryce Collins popping 94. You know, and he's wow. got that, yeah, I was I was shocked because he was an 89, 91 guy yeah. with that big curveball. But I'm looking at my notes right here. His first inning on Friday night, I got him like five ninety fours. I mean, it's just which the is has gone up. Dutton's velocity went up um, from last year. You know, uh, so I, well, to answer your question, I think you have to attribute some of that to Wes Johnson, and then you know to like Taylor and Dutton. Those guys probably just got they have to be just getting stronger. You know, more yeah, mature yeah. within their bodies. Yeah, you know. I haven't seen Blake Money throw, but if you know if I if I said you know Blake Money's like 97, 96 the whole time, I definitely think that's got to be a West Johnson factor. So uh, I think he has to play a little part in it as of right now. You know, this is a like way way too early question. Okay, <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, this is a way <laughs> too early question, but it, it, it's something that I have heard you talk about in the pod. Yeah, who is a group of guys in this pitching staff that you, after going and watching uh, the few games that you've gone to, and just from hearing what you've heard, um, who are a few guys, maybe a handful that you have heard seem like they are going to be in the running for this starting rotation? Again, I know it's really early, but yeah, yeah, I, I think. So just to let everybody know, the caveat is, you know, I have not seen Ty Floyd throw in person, although like we were talking about, his stats look great from over the weekend. I haven't seen Christian Little throw, but it looked like Leah Van um, Leah Van put out a tweet before we came on. He's supposed to throw Sunday. Yeah. So I think I think if you look at the weekend rotation, Skeens is definitely going to be in there somewhere. And um, it seems like he may not hit when he pitches. Yeah. That, that's kind of the way it's gone. When I saw him pitch Thursday night, he did not hit. And then Friday, he DH'd. Um, Skeens is going to be in there somewhere. Look, his stuff is – it's too good. His first inning on Thursday, I mean, I got it right here. He was um, 97 to 99. And he's going to hit 100. And his velo dropped a little bit, but that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. But I don't see why during the season, the first four innings, he's not just sitting 97, 98 with a wipeout slider. Just and guess. a little bit of a change. Oh, it's – and coming from 6'8". So, um, I think Skeens is going to start. I think, okay. I think Hurt, I mean, um, Thatcher Hurt is probably going to start. I've only seen him throw one inning. I know they're bringing him along slow, but I will tell you this. When I sat down, not this past weekend, but two weekends ago, I sat down right as they started on Sunday. And as soon as I sat down, the first thing I said is, who the heck is this? <laughs> I, had to get out the, I had to get out the roster, dude. And I, th- and I was like, that is that. He looked free and easy, injury-free, and he was sitting 95, 96. Wow. So, um, I would think as long as he stays healthy, you're looking at two of your three starters, and then it's a toss-up, man. It's it's between cool. Grant, Grant Taylor, I think, Floyd. I don't know what Christian Little brings to the table from Vanderbilt. And the absolute wild card of wild cards is freshman Chase Shores. Oh. Eight from Midland, Texas, and all he did when he pitched on, let's see, he started Thursday night. Let me get him up real quick. All he did was he sat 96, 96, 95, and he flashed a 98.47, and the scoreboard was up to two decimal places this year. (laughs) (laughs) He does not look like a freshman. He's composed. I was telling some friends of mine today at lunch, um, He's not afraid to pitch the contact, meaning he's not trying to get up there and strike everybody out. Yeah. You know, uh, he gave up a hit to Thompson. Then he goes strikeout double play, and he's out the inning. You know, he doesn't wow. throw 30 pitches. But, I mean, he was 96 to 98 with, uh, you know, a slider for a strike. And so uh, that's a big leap for a freshman. Yeah. But, man, I mean, that kid's got some arm talent. So uh, I mean, I'm, I got to be honest with you. With Chase Shores, I was scratching him a pick. Like, I, I was scratching him off as a draft pick. Yeah. yeah, I really was. I'm he, shocked he's here too. Yeah, he's um he's gonna hit 100 this year. I pretty God. much guarantee it. And uh, look, freshmen are gonna have bumps in the road, right? You, we're seeing that right sure, now with football. And and I saw that this weekend from two freshmen that are highly regarded. Uh, I think they're gonna throw well, but they just had some wildness issues. And it's kind of like I said on the pod. 
they're going to go through growing pains. They're not facing high school and JUCO kids anymore. They're not going to swing at balls in the dirt That's right. most of the time. And especially the, the lineup sees the guy struggling, then they're really going to sit back and look for one pitch, one spot. Yeah. And, yep. and, and you miss by this much, and all of a sudden it's 102030, and you're in a hole. And now, and then the game speeds up, right? You got men on first, and it's first and second, then it's a double off the wall, and you just let two runs in. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be for some of these young kids, some growing pains. But I mean, the arm talent is there across the board. It seems like I was just thinking this. It seems like we're asking the same question, but one last year in a negative light and this year in a positive light. Like last year, we we're going, all right, who's going to be the starters? Who's right. going to be the like, we can rotation? But it was because you were going, like, who do we got? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Who, who are we going to put there? Right. And this year, it's like, who are we going to put there? Because we got too many of them. Yeah, like we, we got we got depth at plenty of depth at guys that could be starters. So I think on the flip side, the area of concern is going to be the back end of the bullpen. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we saw Razelman and Gervais really kind of develop into those roles, and then yep. they just became lights out. Right? They were they and were Riley pretty Cooper much as well. Yeah. Now Cooper, I saw him pitch, and I saw Bryce Collins, and Cooper and Bryce Collins were. Almost an afterthought, just because they did what they did. They did what they were supposed to do. I mean, Raleigh Cooper looked like he went out there, punched the time card, he pitched his three innings and got out of there. And he's like, "All right, I'm done for the day, fellas. I'll see you all tomorrow." Seriously, I did my job. Yeah, he was 89 with four pitches for a strike. He flashed like an overhand curveball this year for a strike, and he just dealt. He was like three innings, like no big deal, like barely. He looked great. So well, imagine, imagine having, like you said, Paul Skeens, and he's touching 98. You know, and and then you come in with the lefty, and he's and he's high eighties. Like, yeah. imagine how hitters are going to have to deal with just for strikes. No, yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> and I think Wes Johnson is going to have a big hand in developing some of these guys' repertoire. You can really see guys working on different things during the fall, and they may get hit around. But to me, it doesn't matter. Like if you're working on breaking balls and changeups, yeah. and you get hit around. So be it. You know, you're trying to develop pitches for the spring, but I just don't know. I haven't seen the Appleby kid throw from the JUCO ranks. Um, I think he had closer potential. I just – I don't know who's going to fill the – I'm sure they got enough guys to set up. I just don't know who's going to close. You know, do you – I don't know. Do you put money in there for an inning and let him blow it out and see if he can get his velocity and confidence Good. back up? I have no idea. Good. But, uh, yeah. Maybe so, a good but, role for him. Yeah. But – um. So I think the back end of the bullpen is going to be probably a question mark heading into the spring, I would think. No, maybe need. maybe Christian Little, since uh, I mean, I mean, from what it sounds like, I mean, obviously we haven't heard much or, or seen much. We'll we'll find yeah. out this Sunday with what he does. Um, you know, maybe with so much depth, he can't quite scratch into the starting lineup. Maybe he's a guy you can rely on. Uh, but I, I heard that Kale uh, Lansville. It was, was not bad either. Have you seen him or, or heard anything on him? So I did see him throw two weeks ago, and um, he looked pretty good. You know, he didn't. I think he threw like six innings last year as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I remember two weeks ago, he just was aggressive in the zone and attacked the hitters. And um, I don't really think he got hit around a lot. I think he pitched towards the end of the scrimmage. And uh, I, just, I just think it's going to be tough for him to break through, you know, and – and I think the sad thing is, and I'm not an expert on the roster and the numbers. I have a general idea of how it works, but mm-hmm. they got to get that roster down. Yeah, they do. And I was talking to 
some other guy. I just think it has to come from the pitching staff. I don't know where else it's going to come from. You know, I think, unfortunately, you have some guys who've been in the program this year that probably haven't pitched a lot. And unfortunately, they may be odd men yeah. out yeah. when they make yeah. roster cuts. So, and I think they're at 44, I think. 44 or 45, and they got to get it down. So, yeah. So you said they're at 40. I think they're at 44. I think, yeah. And I think, so I think the limit's 35, but you have guys who still have COVID years, and that number can rise to 40. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think Duga, Beloso, guys like that that still have kind of an extra year, I think they can, they got to cut. I mean, they just got to cut a couple people. So, um, I, I just, I think last time I counted before I started the fall podcast, they were had like 27 pitchers. I mean, you don't need 27 <laughs> pitchers. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't realize it was that much. No, I may be off by a couple, but it's it's above 23, that's for sure. Wow. So you don't, need, you don't need that many arms, you know. So. And, and also you, you you I mean, quite frankly, you, you got some freshmen that you probably didn't expect to get. Yeah, like uh Newt, hey, Jay Newt hasn't pitched yet. Um, he was highly regarded. Guarded. Yeah. I saw Aiden Moffitt pitched. I saw Aiden Moffitt pitch. I saw Griffin Herring pitch from um, Carroll Southlake out there in the Dallas area. Yep. He, did a, he had a phenomenal high school career. Uh, I seen Bronzini pitch. He's a lefty. And then, um, well, DJ Primo from Central over here, he's left-handed. He's been tearing it up every time. I haven't seen him pitch in person, but I've saw, seen some of the tweets of his box scores, and he's done phenomenal. And then they got another ride nobody knows about from Canada, like Micah Buckman. And um, yeah, he's good. He's good too. You know, so it's uh, it's a lot of a lot of arms, man. A lot of arms. It is a lot. He loaded it up, man. He really did this year. Yeah. I mean, you needed it. You really yeah. did. And so yeah. I don't blame him. Uh, and and some of these guys like to to get on campus, like you like Chase Shores, Jaden Newt. Obviously, you're not going to pass on that to get yeah. guys like that to to come to campus for three years. Yeah sign them up all day uh but yeah roster management is definitely going to gonna have to uh get cut a little bit i mean it, it's that's the tough part of the job but it is it yeah. is what it is zach you got a question for him yeah so before we send you off chris i think gotcha. uh everybody wants to know what's been your outlook on the football season obviously the boys got and we're about to cover it here uh yeah. and we're going to discuss you know of course the big win and uh four in a row for lsu against the gators yeah, um, no doubt. So, so what's been a, a, as a as a LSU alum and as a obviously as a guy who has followed the team um, throughout your time at LSU and of course your time after LSU, uh, what's been in your impression so far? You one under Brian Kelly. I think um, uh, cautious optimism. You know, I think just patience, and it sucks. And to be a hundred percent honest, you know, my son plays college yeah. football and. Yeah. And I focus on LSU, but on Saturdays, like, like I didn't see a lick of the Tennessee game because he played at the same time. Well, good, so, good, uh, news. good thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I was driving home from Birmingham this past weekend, and uh, we were um, listening to the LSU game, or we were checking checking our phone, you know, while we were driving home. So I paid attention, obviously, not as much I probably have in the past, but. It's good to see Daniels throw the ball. It was very frustrating for me as a fan those first couple games. And, yes. um, you know, you saw some of the players' reactions on the sidelines, and you can imagine their frustration. It's just the schedule's a gauntlet like it is every year. And so, uh, if you know, I hope that I, I, uh, they're going to get bowl eligible. It'd be nice to see them um, get up to eight or nine wins. I just yeah. – uh, 
this weekend's going to be tough. Um, they got a tough stretch coming. They sure do. Yeah, it's just uh, there's certain teams in this conference I can't stand. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't stand. So we beat Auburn. I can't stand them. Can't stand Florida, and I can't uh, stand. I can't I stand A&M, Florida, even though they haven't done anything. They just pop off so much. Alabama's Alabama, right? Everybody hates Alabama. Yeah. But, right. <laughs> I think uh, people are just gonna have to be patient, you know. Um, yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think people burnt that thing down when they left the building. So <laughs> it's gonna. <laughs> That's very true. In my true. opinion, you know, it's just some people can't have nice things, dude. You know, just can't have <laughs> nice things. So. Yeah, he's definitely. Gonna, I mean, he's. It seems like the the. It seems like the characteristics and culture is beginning that the, the of what he wants the the program to be like seems like we're getting into that some uh the grit the fight of the team uh the responsibility the accountability like you're yeah. seeing that and and there's only so much you can do with a roster like you piece together from yeah. it being in shambles and for me like you said uh a cautious optimism what we've seen with what he's done so so far this season I think is great and I think it was a huge win this past Saturday um yeah, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if Jaden can keep playing like he did this past weekend, oh. we'll see what we can do. I mean, yeah, think about that mentally. To get your doors blown off at home and to go on the road. Sure. Yep. That's a good I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I was like, if they don't win this game, besides UAB, they may not win another game. Now, that may be the pessimist in me, but you could <laughs> – I would love to hear an argument. If they would have lost – I was with you, Chris. I was I mean, with you, Chris. A&M. A&M. Maybe yeah, and I'm maybe. I'm going maybe 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 and maybe should we know you know, but it's like man, so I'm so glad they that showed a lot of resilience, just like you said, man, mindset, Absolutely. grit, all that stuff, all that coach speak, but that was big, you know, that's a big time win, so for sure. All right, Dumu, it's always awesome to all have guys, you on, man. Always a blast, man. Thank y'all as always, a pleasure. Thank you for all your insight. We're looking forward to this season, and obviously, we're gonna have you on again here when it gets closer to springtime. We're yeah. gonna have to. Of course. We'll holler at you. All right, buddy. See y'all later. Thanks, man. Man, always fantastic to have Dumui on. We love having him on. Uh, great insight into the baseball always. program. Always. Obviously, we're we are super pumped uh, about uh, what the baseball has this year. Uh, I mean, arms were a a a thin and few and far between last year, and now it seems like we have a plethora of arms. Uh, so uh, really exciting, really exciting, Zach. All right, we got some football to talk about, Zach. We're, I think we're gonna we need to hit a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll recap. Let's go. We have a big win this past weekend. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all of his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem, and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. All right, Zach, we got to get right into it, man. This past weekend, LSU goes to the swamp, 45-35. Zach, I got I mean, I gotta kind of take some credit. I call, I feel like I called it. I feel like I called it. I told you, I feel like LSU is about to play their best game. Maybe not the most complete game, but 
I think it was the best game that LSU's played. It, it, and it probably will end up being that. I know LSU fans probably don't want to hear that, but I think it'll probably end up being LSU's best game of the year. Um, you always have your best game and you always have your worst game, always. Um, and LSU looked – that looked like it could could potentially – I mean, I'd love to see another game where they top that because, holy cow, they looked good. Oh, yeah, I'd love and, to be wrong And as that. you said <laughs> – Still, still plenty of room uh, to grow even from that. Um, there was obviously a lot of mistakes, which we'll get into. Um, but I posted – when I posted the show, I put in the caption that it was kind of shocking. Not shocking that we won, but the way that LSU won was shocking to me. Look, your your offense won you the game. Yes. Your offense when you would have ever thought that my prediction was 24 to 21. It was 45 (laughs) to 35. Look, the, the sheer, like, I don't know what, what's the word. I don't know. Just the way we moved the ball, we pushed the ball downfield. Jaden felt like it, he trusted his receivers more than he has all season. Now we saw it against Tennessee. It was, you know, Tennessee was Tennessee, you know, we saw, we know what that game was. But here in this game, it meant a little bit more. I mean, some of those yards against Tennessee were kind of empty yards. This game, dude threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, rushed for three touchdowns. Jaden Daniels, if if you're still trying to argue that Jaden Daniels doesn't mean to be the guy, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, the dude was phenomenal this weekend. Fantastic. By far his best game of all season. Uh, I mean, the dude was dropping dimes. Uh, threw a ball up to Brian Thomas for a 24-yard touchdown. High point of the ball. That, that is what you do, man, when you're at LSU. You got receivers galore on, 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 the, on this roster. Man, Brian Thomas is a big, athletic kid. Throw it up there and let him go get it. And that's exactly what he did. And, boy, the awareness – the the on the on the play to Jure when the offsides it's a free play let it fly he lets it go it was an absolute dime great big play forty five yard touchdown man I absolutely love to see it and Kayshawn Booty goes over one hundred yards oh, you're muted you're muted can you hear me now I don't know how yeah yeah we got you we got anyway. you. I'll say I called that one because I said it on the last podcast. This could finally be the game that Kayshawn goes over 100. Because we've been looking for it. We've been looking for it. We've been waiting for it. Anxiously waiting for it. Yep. But, man, what a what a showing, dude. And, dude, what I loved about Jaden is that you saw him anticipate receivers into windows. Yes. You saw him – improvise and throw the ball into tight windows to receivers. And you saw him trust his receivers and just throw up a 50-50 ball and hope his receiver makes the play. You saw that the entire game. Yep. You saw him You saw him make check and really good check downs when nothing else was there that, that turned into positive plays. Like, you saw everything come to fruition in the – Jaden Daniels passing game for LSU this weekend. And it was phenomenal. I mean, I'm specifically when I mentioned those plays, I'm specifically thinking about the check town to John Emery that yep. ended up scoring the touchdown. The the seam route to 
uh, Cole Taylor on third and ten when you had to have it. Twenty-six um, yards, and, and you, you you anticipate him on the break, and it, it's right there, perfect ball thrown. The touchdown to Brian Thomas when Brian Thomas went over the top, the top, and then the crazy catch into the extremely tight window when both DBs are coming down on Kayshawn. And it, it wasn't a great – it was not a well-thrown ball, but he threw it into a tight window. Yeah. He threw yeah. it into a tight window. It was not a great Kayshawn throw. Kayshawn made a play. And Kayshawn made a play. That was two, two of our players taking a step up um, in their game this particular season. Uh, than what we have seen so far, which was extremely encouraging. Um, I will say, Reagan, we we can we can talk about this when we get to our takeaways. Like, there's definitely some things to be concerned about, though, especially on the defensive side of the ball, especially heading into this weekend. This weekend. I'm not worried about the defense that much. Oh, the, come on, Reagan. Zach, again, your special teams put you in bad situations. Again, on, your on one touchdown. On one touchdown, mm, the opening drive went back to almost the fifty-yard line. That's two. The the kickoff. That's your, that's fair. Your, I'll give you that. Your defense allowed big plays. You tackle well. A lot of those big plays don't happen. That one-yard touchdown run. And I will tell you right now. I will tell you right now. When Major Burns gets back, yeah, the defense gonna be fine. I agree. A lot of people have been talking about that. I agree. The the secondary has not looked the same since Major Burns has been gone. Has not. Major Burns, when he was at full health and at his, you know, at his best, played in the Mississippi State game. We saw what what that defense did with Mississippi State. I mean, he is with with Major Burns in the communication is is better. The the secondary seems to play uh, better overall, um, and I think you're better in coverage when Major Burns is there because I love – okay, I, I like Joe Fouché, I do, but the dude's not as good as Major Burns in coverage. He's just not. Yeah, um, I'm not – I'm really not worried about the defense. I think they allowed some, some big plays, um, and I think they can make the fundamental adjustments – on tack, I mean, like the 81 yard touchdown that Anthony Richardson took. If you don't try to strip the ball, if you don't try to strip the ball and you actually tackle him, that, that probably doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, you get a big gain out of it, but he probably didn't go to the end zone. I mean, Jay Ward, all he tried to do was punch the ball. He barely yeah. even, I mean, he didn't even make an attempt to tackle him. Like, and then Joe Fouché kind of had a really poor attempt at a tackle. Like, that yeah. stuff you correct on film, and, and I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, you can't allow that to happen again. I'm really not worried that much about the defense. I, I'm really not. I, I, and I know I know that a lot of people may disagree with that, but I, I'm not. They've been the most consistent unit all year long. You allowed some big plays in this game. I mean, if you, if you take off the 81-yard touchdown, if you take away the opening bomb, uh, I mean, you win by 24 points, Zach. I mean, so uh, and if you take let's say let's say you don't let's say you give them the 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 bomb and you make a tackle on the eighty one yard touchdown and the muff putt doesn't happen, you win by you win by twenty four points. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about them. I'm really not. I think the talent is there. I, I think 
Uh, there was too many big plays allowed, and I also think when Major Burns gets back, it, it gets a lot better. But sure. defensively, Harold Perkins, Michael Baskerville, golly, great games from both of them. Yes, dude. I mean, the receivers, all the receivers made plays. Um, Jaden made plays. The offensive line, how much better did they look with Will Campbell in the game? A thousand times better. Back in the back in the lineup, way better um, lineup. I'm thinking. I'm already. I'm still thinking baseball. Uh, <laughs> the starting <laughs> line of scrimmage. Um, so yeah, like that was all very encouraging. But I will say, Reagan, them allowing as many rushing yards as they did that that is concerning for me. Uh, because you're coming into you're about to come into a week where you're going to face one of the best rushing attacks in the SEC conference. Sure. And the last two weeks have not looked good for them. It, it really hasn't. Um, and, like, what are you going to do at special teams? You, you can't fix it. until you, it's, it's something you can't really fix until later on in the season. But it continues to bite you in the butt. You, you muff a punt against Ole Miss. That may, that may be the game. Yeah, you know, I mean, that may be the game. So you muff a kick against Ole Miss, that may be the game. You give off a a kickoff return, that may be the game. So like, yes, it was really really encouraging, um, but there is definitely still some concerns. But I don't I don't want I don't want to dampen the mood because last last Saturday this this weekend was awesome to get to experience. I had all the confidence in the world in, in, in LSU coming out victorious. That's why I picked them in our picks with the, the Balcony Bengals. I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to pick honestly in my picks. And I had full confidence that LSU was going to win this game, and they did. And they made it four in a row. Uh, they've won the last 10 out of 13, and they have just dominated. And, and I, I will say to your point, Reagan, as, as disappointed as I was in the defense – I will say to your point, Billy Napier has done a really good job of of running that offense. Um, I understand Anthony Richardson; he's he's hit or miss. He had a good game. He had a good game. He did not turn the ball over, which we talked about. You know, yep. that was something to look for in this game. Would Anthony Richardson turn the ball over? He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over, and yet you still found a way to win this game. And even and it was again, it was really on the offense. It, I feel like most of the season we've been saying the defense has won you the games that they have. This game solely relies – this is the first, I think, win of the season that we can <coughs> say this solely relies on the offense. It does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they – they, they, I mean, this is why I'm not as upset with the defense. Um, I mean, number one, they've done their job all year, so I think they get a pass for one game. Uh, and your offense, I mean, played exceptional. My other thing is, at one point in the game, Zach, it was 42-21. to 21. Yeah. So, was the defense really that bad? Or, or did they just let off the gas a little bit? Yeah, or did they let off the gas a little bit when you had a 21-point lead? The game wasn't as close as the final score showed. And, and take away the one touchdown from the muff. The muff. The muff punt. Exactly. And so, uh, they weren't terrible. They didn't play bad. They they allowed some big plays and of course your 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 special teams puts you in a terrible situation again, um, but so that's why I'm not too worried about them. Um, oh man, 
I was about to say something. I just lost it. What a I hate, I, I hate when that happens. <laughs> but I was really, I was really impressed with this weekend. Um, offensively, I was. I mean, Will Campbell gets offensive lineman of the week. Yep. Uh, I mean, as a true freshman, that's pretty amazing. Uh, it was a great week for the Tigers. Big win. Uh, a very crucial win, Zach, in terms of the future of the season. Kind of like what yes. you were. In, Demuni were Demuni Demuni Demui were talking about you know where do, bowl eligible you're going to get bowl eligible but how like so I think this gives you a lot of confidence going into a game where you're playing a top ten team but now you get to play them in your stadium um, man Zach if you get play like that out of Jaden Daniels I'm really excited you oh, score forty five or Ole Miss you win Zach yeah that's so you you're to your you said that they allowed a lot of rushing yards, but that's what Florida does, and we kind of ex, you kind of expected that out, out of this game because Florida ain't throwing the ball, they ain't got receivers. They I mean they just don't. Um, I mean the one big play at the beginning of the game was like an anomaly of their season. Um, so you expected them to rush the ball a lot, and that's exactly what they did because um, yeah. that's that's their offense. Um, and if so, you take yeah. away the the poor tackling and missed assignments on the eighty one yarder and on the fifty something yarder that the that shorter busted, yeah, I mean that's that is basically their that's their rushing exactly their rushing so, yardage. Yeah, eighty one yards is a is a big chunk play. So um, your defense wasn't as bad as I think as it, as it may seem statistically. Um, so. Limit limit major plays like that, and I mean the scoreboard. I don't think reflects how how big of a win it was. Um, I mean, you you ice the game away. I mean, we got to talk about that. How, what a kick by Ramos, dude! I mean, in the clutch Holy to cow. to ice the game. It wasn't just a chip shot. Uh, the swamp is rocking again because they they felt like they were trying to get back in it. Um, they they felt like they were you know. Maybe holding on there in the fourth quarter, um, and dude, that guy goes up there and he drills a kick. I mean, how many clutch kicks happens in the Florida game? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you had the fog kick two years ago, and it was right down the middle, and it and it was good for probably another solid. five ten yards. It was a great kick, and it was absolutely clutch. I mean, as as horrendous as your special teams has been. To get a good snap, to that get a good hold, a good snap from our boy Slade, uh, a hold, boy. a kick, and you executed on holding the line. You iced the game, and you really, with that field goal, put it without you know put it out of reach. Um, so yeah, overall a great game by the Tigers. Great game. Your 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 biggest offensive output all year long. Um, Definitely Jaden Daniels' best game. If you continue to see that, boy, I'm excited about uh, what Jaden can do for the for the rest of the season. Um, maybe you can – if you win this weekend, maybe you can get healthy, get major burns back for the Alabama game, maybe give them a run for their money uh, in Tiger Stadium. So, I was really impressed this weekend, really optimistic uh, about this coming weekend um, because I have my opinions about Ole Miss. I've watched a lot of old misses games. Um, 
yeah, I think they're a good team, but I don't think they're a great team. I, I don't think they're the seventh ranked team in the country good. Um, I, I think uh, that Kentucky definitely should have beat them. Um, and, and really they shot themselves in the foot multiple times. Um, so obviously we'll get to that, uh, more on Friday, but great team win for the Tigers, uh, this weekend, huge win momentum. Uh, hopefully a momentum can carry into this next weekend. Yep. And we'll, we'll find out because, uh, you have a massive, massive now here, I'll I'll go ahead and preview this a little bit, but Friday is going to be interesting because we have. So I've heard. So uh, I've heard. We have several. So we have several members <laughs> of the Ole Miss fan base that will be joining us on Friday. Gosh, I can't stand Ole Miss fans. Why would we bring Ole Miss? Fans? Oh. Well, you know, we're nice. Uh, we're nice. Ole Miss people. fans are the worst. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like Bama than Ole Miss. Like, <laughs> yeah, I haven't had oh, great well. experiences oh, well. going to Ole Miss or Arkansas games. I, I can I can deal with the Arkansas fans, Ole Miss fans. Um, you know, sometimes what do you have to hang your cap on, old Miss fans? That's what that's what I get. At. They've got you ain't 20, got nothing to hang your cap on. Twenty twenty one, they got a baseball championship. They do have, well, and they have like three natties, like back in the sixties. Okay, I'm talking about I'm talking about football. Oh wow, we our first ten win regular season as a program last year. Big round of applause for the old Miss Rebels. Whippy do, <laughs> like. Anyways, okay. Anyways, anyways, it might it might get hostile on Friday. It might get a little hostile. It might be y'all. Y'all need to come back on Friday. It might go down on Friday. It all the analytical stuff, you know, being professional, that might go out the window on Friday. Well, I'm being honest. It might. Well, because Ole Miss fans are gonna think that Lane Kiffin's gonna stay at Ole Miss forever. They're gonna think that all that Lane Kiffin will be loyal to them to the end. And that that old miss is going to be a perennial power when in all reality, when Lane Kiffin ends up leaving him, like he ultimately will do as soon as he gets a bigger <laughs> opportunity, because the state of Mississippi doesn't allow you to have a contract bigger than four years. And oh, by the way, Lane Kiffin was trying to leave last year. He was trying to leave last year. He wanted the LSU <laughs> job and he wanted the Florida job. And by the time he leaves, y'all, you'll be back in shambles as a six and six old miss team again. You'll be the same program before. You'll be the same program in 10 years. You'll be the same program in 25 years. Not winning national championships, not playing for SEC championships, and being the typical Mississippi schools that you are. Anyways. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They get on their high horse, and they think, oh, we're something now, but then nothing happens and nothing comes to fruition of it. They all get hype, and then the coach leaves, and it's like, well, well, we suck again. I, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit into, uh, I'm a little superstitious, so maybe we just need to, you know, quiet it down because we we don't want to get our butts kicked this weekend. Okay, so let's, I'm not saying we can't lose, but ultimately they'll. they'll, they'll I don't want to get our butts running, kicked this so. week because you went on the gum rant. I'm a little superstitious. <laughs> Okay, I'm picking. No, on I here. think they're a good team, and we'll, we'll talk. I think they're a really good team, uh, and it's we'll going to be a big challenge for LSU. We'll, we'll talk about it this Friday, for sure. We need to talk about our what. What can we take away this weekend moving forward, Zach? What can we take away moving forward into this big game? 
Well, I think what you can take away is that you can rely more on uh, the rushing attack. And I know after watching Jaden's performance that, you know, obviously you're like, well, what about the passing attack? Yes, obviously, uh, from watching this game. But it is becoming more consistent that LSU uh, seems to be running the ball better. Uh, John Emery and um, – William Josh Williams are, are they've they've played really well these past couple of weeks. Josh Williams um, has played great. as a lot of people have talked about. Of course, Josh Williams had the really just unhuman like run that he did. I mean, and people you know awesome. people are like it, like that's that was a walk on, but you can't really say anymore because the dude dude the dudes earned the respect. Like he's a scholarship yeah. player and he's playing like it. He really is. So like I have more confidence because coming in the season like. I didn't have really a lot of confidence in the running back room. I didn't. Mm-hmm. You had John Emery was going to be dealing with the suspension. He hasn't played in forever. You had the walk-on, Josh Williams. You had a, a somewhat of experienced Noah Kane from Penn State, but but had dealt with injury and not extremely proven. So, like, I was – and then you had Armani Goodwin, who had an okay year last year, but, like, nothing crazy. So – it was just like you're coming into the season with like just this, just who's going to be the guy? Yeah. Like who's going to be the guy? And it seems like there has been, it, it, you know, it definitely seems like Josh is the go-to with John Emery as a feature back. What's going to yeah. happen when Armani Goodwin comes back? I don't know, but I have more confidence in the running game moving forward. Uh, and so that's one of my takeaways. Um, my other takeaway and this is at this point has become a cliche, but Jaden, just dude, just keep letting it rip, bro. Just keep letting it rip. Cause bro, when you let it rip, look at what this offense can do. I understand Florida's not a great Florida's not a great defense. Okay. I understand that. But they're not a terrible defense. They're not awful. They're 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 not they're not great, but they're okay. Right. So like you did what you were supposed to do. Like we talked about before the Tennessee game, how bad Tennessee's defense was and how you would be able to score on them and how you'd be able to throw the ball around. And the secondary, yeah. And the secondary. And the defensive front proved us wrong. But the defensive front came out and shut you down. And yeah, you did what you were supposed to do against this defense. Ole Miss recently has shown some weakness on the defensive side of the ball. Auburn went up and down the field on them. And so, moving forward, I want to see this offense continue. Allow Jaden, Jaden, make go go out there and just make plays and throw throw the ball up to your receivers. Allow your receivers to make plays. So, uh, that's definitely a big takeaway. Listen, Reagan, I was a little bit more on the lenient side of things with this whenever this happened. But now I think I'm kind of with y'all on this. Like I, I don't know moving forward takeaways. LSU looks like it has to make a change at special teams. Oh, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. I'm not saying you completely fire the guy because he's your, he's one of your recruiting coordinators, but something coaching wise needs to change on who is coaching the special teams? Because so far it has been abysmal. It's been embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, you said it, Reagan. I think it was last week, but like, or maybe it was the show before. Like, every time that 
they put the ball. Like, your cheeks fucker up. Like, you clench your butt cheeks a little bit. Like, you're nervous. (laughs) You're nervous. Like, er Like, I got to a point. I I tweeted this during the show, or excuse me, during the game, Reagan. I was like, just stop fielding them. And then I I go on Twitter, and guess what? There was a lot of people saying the same thing. It won't be a turnover. You may have may have bad field possession position, but just but at least turn it over. Ball over. (laughs) Yeah, Dad. Like I was talking to Dad about. He's like, you don't you don't want to just let it roll down to the one. I was like, it's better than giving it to him at the one. It's better than a turnover. Like. What else are you gonna do? It's better like, than give them the ball in the red zone. Point, and then I and then I sent I sent a message in a D in a in a group message on Twitter, and I was like, "Bring in, bring in Gregory Clayton. He never dropped the ball. Did he make a dumb mistake and decide to like fall in it at that that one time against I think it was Southern maybe or maybe it was New Mexico? Um, yeah, he made a mistake, but he never dropped the ball. Yeah. He never muffed it." And then they took him out after that and put in Jack Besh. And Jack Besh now has had two muffs. Yeah. Has he had two muffs around, Reagan? Yeah. 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 Last okay, week, so, this week. Yeah, like. Opening kickoff last week. They they need to make, make personnel changes. And they need to make a coaching change. And I I realized a week or two weeks ago, I was I was really lenient. But after I saw it. And and part of it is on the player, like part of it is on the player. I understand sure. that. Like you got to coach it. To, you got to coach them to change it. I mean, Jackson if it's happening this often, it comes back. But to you coaching. also gotta you also gotta put the right personnel in position to succeed. And it hasn't been working. It hasn't been working at all. So well, here's he, he, here's my catch with it: is can you live with a few muff punts like the guys just dropping the ball? Sure. But it is every phase of special teams now. It is catching and fielding the ball. It is coverage. You're, you're allowing, you know, 45-yard returns. Yeah. You allowed a, a massive punt return against Tennessee. So it's fielding the ball. It's coverage on the the punts and the kickoffs. And now, how, how do you get an illegal formation? You can't even you get an illegal formation on a punt. You can't even line up right. More than four it's guys in the backfield. Yeah. It is it is every phase of special teams. You can't field it. You can't cover, and now you can't line up right. It's inexcusable. It's it, and and it has to. There needs to be a change made. I mean, it's absolutely inexcusable. Um, the fact that you get a a freaking formation penalty on a punt that's coaching. That that's coaching. The yeah. coverage is coaching. I get some of the muff punts, but it, when it happens continually, it's coaching. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, there has to be a change. Has to be a change. And, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, maybe in these next, well, we got five games left, right? Yeah. Maybe in these next five games, it gets fixed. But we have seen literally nothing. We have seen nothing to show that it's going to be fixed or that there's right. been improvement. We haven't. Right. Every game, it feels like almost every game, they've given up a long return, whether it's on a punt return, a kick return, and almost every game they've muffed one or fielded yep. or fielded one terribly on a punt or kick return. So, yeah, I'm with you, Reagan. Here's my biggest takeaway, and I got one. I got one. For a while, 
Um, I mean, last week you were one-dimensional. Tennessee shut you down offensively, and all you could do was throw. This week, my, my, my takeaway is when you went vertical, when you pushed the ball downfield, you opened more up for your offense. When you're able to do things, when you're able to do more things on offense, it opens up the door for other things on your offense. You push the ball down vertically, they're going to respect you vertically. So that's going to open up intermediate middle passes. If you open it up vertically, now they got to respect you vertically. It's opening up the middle and intermediate passes. And now it's opening up your run defense because, or your, your run, your rushing offense because. They got to respect you downfield so you can run the ball. You can gash them. So my biggest takeaway is is continue to get the ball downfield. Continue to push the ball downfield because it opens up more for your offense, and ultimately uh, uh, you're going to just be more successful altogether. I mean, you as a team had over 300 yards passing and well over 100 yards rushing. Why? because you push the ball and you open the field up, which opens more up for your offense because a defense has to respect that now. Oh, you can go vertical. Well, we got to we gotta be careful vertical. Yeah. So then you got the underneath passes, and then it's going to open up your rushing as well. Uh, that's my biggest takeaway for this week. I want to see that continue. Right. I want to see them try to push the ball down field. Well, you saw something um, that you've seen, but you haven't seen a whole lot of. You saw a lot of play action this week, which was really, really, really encouraging. Like I think Mike Denbrock, he is, he's, he's performing better and better each week. Called a great a game. Great game. Great play calling. All right, Zach. I think we need to hit a quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap the show up. It's been a great show. Really appreciate Demui coming on. We'll hit a quick break, and we'll talk to you right after this. Make sure you go follow us on. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, guys, it's been a great show. Once again, we want to thank Chris DeMui for joining on. Uh, it's always fantastic to have him on to break down uh, the, some pitching and some baseball for us. Obviously, he knows so well as a player and a former, na a former national champion, LSU Tiger, Chris DeMui. Always love him, having him on. He's a great interview and a great guest of our, of our show. Um, guys, it was a great weekend for the Tigers but look, you're in the gauntlet this week. You got to strap back up and you got to do it again. Top 10 Ole Miss comes into town with Lane Kiffin and this new quarterback and this newfound rushing offense with this freshman. It's a big week for the Tigers here in Death Valley. Going to be a big one. Really looking forward to it. And we're going to break that all down for you and give you a big preview of that game this coming Friday here in the Tigers Avenue. Looking forward to seeing you there. We'll catch you next time. Five Star Hero, take us out. Peace.